Well, what you received on your way in is our attempt to break down the focus of mission at NCC. It's the A18 standard. And the concept is this. It's that as you open each page, it's as though you're peeling an onion. Every layer is a new dimension and understanding to what mission is. This is our sermon in a booklet right here. All right, so you can go ahead and follow along as we go through this sermon today. Well, some of the most powerful moments in my life have been on mission. I can't, I, I can never forget when Nina and I uh, met number 11. It was a girl named May in Bangkok, Thailand. And she had been, she had entered into the sex trade industry because her family had no means. And that number was used to identify her to be used and bought and purchased. I'll never forget sitting down with her. And we talked with her. And we laughed and we heard some of her story. And, and we prayed with her. And I'll never forget that moment. When we talked to her and we told her this, we said, you are not a number. God has called you by name. And he loves you. And he has a plan for your life moments in mission. I'll never forget being in Haiti. And uh, we were there with the A18 team. And uh, Pastor Jeremy Steffens was there from our Georgetown campus. And uh, Jim Tanius and a number of others were there. And, and we went right after the tragic earthquake happened. And uh, right after that, the town, they threw us this party. It was the feast of all feasts. I mean, it was a month's worth of, of their wages. And uh, I sat down and I ate every single bite of that meal, which I would never have eaten otherwhere, anywhere, anywhere else. I'm telling you, there was some, there was some stuff in that meal. But I enjoyed <laughs> every single bite because of who was serving it. The people who were serving were changing my life in their kindness and their generosity. I'll never forget serving alongside a 75-year-old man at, at a food pantry for a summer. And uh, he could not shake joy. It was just all over him. He couldn't get rid of it. And I love, it's just fun to think back and so interesting to see this 75-year-old man who was given more than anybody else and who was emptying himself out constantly, yet he was always full of the Spirit. He was always full of joy. He was always filled with happiness and peace. Something happens when you enter mission. Something changes within you. This joy enters you, and you realize that faith is not about me. Faith is about the God within me. And it's about God who desires to seek those around us. When you step in a mission, something happens. Selfishness begins to be extracted from your soul, from your spirit, from your heart. It's pulled out in meals. You know what? They, they're not about enjoyment. They're about sustenance to serve and do the work of God. And you go to bed at night and you, and you get up in the morning and you get in the word and you get in testimony and everything you do is for the glory of God. I want to try something this weekend. We're going to do a survey, just a quick hand at all of our locations. Uh, how many were able to go on mission this last year? Come on, let's see it. All right, awesome. Well, listen, one of the primary ideas that we have this year is a reshaping, a paradigm shift of what mission is. In other words, what are, what are your coordinates of mission this coming year? What does that mean? Where are you going? I would submit to you today that your coordinates are not Central Asia. They're not in West Africa. They're not in South America. But I would submit to you that your coordinates are wherever you are. Wherever you are. Listen, mission is not a trip. Mission is not exclusionary uh, to a 501c3. 
It's not, it doesn't just happen in other countries. When you look at the, the front page of this standard, you'll see the A18 logo mark. The, the idea that I'm talking about right now is completely wrapped up in this logo mark. This logo mark is you. It's me. It's all of us. It represents us. And, and it actually uh, represents this. Well, literally, it is uh, degree, minute, and second. It denotes the latitude and the longitude. What are you talking about? I'm talking about this. This is what I'm saying today. You are walking coordinates on mission every day, whenever, wherever. God has called us out and he has set us up. This thing is called co-mission. We do it together with Christ. Jesus, he, he comes forward with his mission for the church in Matthew chapter 28. And he says this, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. This word go can also be translated as you are going. So it's not just about going to a specific place to serve on mission, but more accurately, it's about wherever you're going, whenever you're going, however you're going, in all situations, anywhere and everywhere, God has set you on mission. The greatest moments in mission often happen on the way to mission. Luke 10, uh, 38 talks about this. Just a quick verse. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, as they were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened up her home to him and the miracles started pouring out in Martha's life. Most great stories, they happen on their way to do something else, don't they? The disciples were on their way to see the crucified Christ and guess what they saw? The risen Lord. Jesus was on his way to the temple when he met a man and he healed the man who was born blind, our detour is God's destination. Do you hear what I'm saying today? Great example of this is Stacy Julian, one of our Potomac Yard location faithfuls. And uh, she takes the bus every single week to volunteer at the Southeast White House right next to our coming Dream Center. Every week, a couple of days, she'll take the bus. And, and it's so fun because that's her mission. But on her way to her mission, She's on mission. So she shows up and she's like, praise God. You know, here's what God already did today. And she hasn't even started her mission. She was talking about an elderly woman that she met recently. And the woman got on the bus. She said, I hope you're having a good day today. And she wasn't having a good day that day. And she started telling her about how she wasn't having a good day. And she said, and she just listened and she ministered to her. A couple of days later, she's on the bus. The lady comes back on and she spots her. She goes over and she says, you're not going to believe this. Guess what? One of those items that was stolen that I was telling you about it got returned. You know what they did? They hugged it out right on the bus on her way to her mission. I love it. She is living this out every second of every day. If we don't live in his will, on our way to his will, we will miss his work. If we don't live in his will, on our way to his will, we will miss his work. Listen to what Stacy says. She said, I have to say this in this story. said, every interaction turns into a prayer and every stranger turns into a story. Preach. You are walking coordinates on mission every day, anywhere, everywhere you go. You are on mission. Where is your mission field? Look down below your feet. That's your mission field right there. 
Acts 1.8, for you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Where is my mission? Jerusalem, where I am. In in, uh, Judea, where I'm going. In Samaria, where I need to think about going. To the ends of the earth, where nobody wants to go. He's calling us anywhere, and he's calling us everywhere. Wherever we are, that's where he is, and that's where he's called us in that place. We live our lives on mission. Your mission is not where you go. It's who you know. I love the way Pastor Heidi Scanlon, our pastor of prayer, says it. She says, living in the spirit is our mission. Going to different locations is our assignment. Some of us, Pastor Dave will talk a little bit more about this later. Some of us are assigned to Berlin. Some of us are assigned to Indonesia. Some of us are assigned to Congress. Some are assigned to Arlington schools. Some to Georgetown Hospital, our neighborhood, our homes, our workplace, our gym. But all of us, every single one of us, are called on mission into the Spirit of God and to live in Him and to seek and serve Him. And when we do that, here's what happens. Our path becomes our mission. Isn't that awesome? Our journey becomes our mission. You'll see on the second page of your standard. It's It's an Acts 1-8 translation, if you will. When I was in junior high, I had a pastor who challenged me to go home and rewrite the Lord's Prayer in my own words. And I went home and I did it, and here's what happened. His prayer for me became my prayer to him and my prayer for others. Something happens when you rewrite, when you translate, it becomes personal and you own it. This page right here, that second page, it's our translation. It's our prayer. It's our personalizing God's mission for us. We pray that we as a church would be a people that are empowered by God's Spirit, doing what Jesus did wherever we are. We see in the Scriptures that that in Acts 1 that Jesus, he said, don't go out until you get the gift of my Spirit. Now, all of us are, are the same, right? We're all sinners. We're all fallen from grace. We all fall short of the glory of God. We're all the same. But listen, the only difference between us and the world is the Spirit of God within us. That's all we got. That's all we have right there. If we are not empowered by God's Spirit, we are merely, uh, we are merely professional peddlers of a positivity school of thought. That's not who we are, you guys. You are no peddler. You are empowered by the Spirit of God within you, who has changed you from the inside out. Can I get a testimony today? I'll give a testimony today. I have been changed. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. I am new. He did in me, he created in me what was not in existence prior to that. And he did for me what I could not do for myself. I am in existence because of the presence of God and the spirit of God in my life. We testify to who he is. We are empowered in his spirit and that's how we act. The Holy Spirit doesn't make you better than anybody else. He makes you better than yourself. Acts 1.8, Jesus' last words. Rewind all the way back to Jesus' first words. It's in Luke chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This is Jesus' first public press conference right here. And he lays out his agenda for the next three years. And he addresses three uh, societal issues. He addresses poverty, suffering, and brokenness. And he calls them out, but he doesn't just call them out and then say, and we're going to do something about this. No, 
he calls them out and he addresses them. We ad- he addresses poverty by assisting the poor and the oppressed. He addresses suffering by caring for the sick and the sorrowful. He addresses brokenness by transforming through reconciliation. His agenda is to act. ACT, to step out on mission. And everything that follows Luke chapter 4 is an outgrowth of living in the spirit realm. We see these, out, and, it, and it's an outgrowth of what, of different dimensions of what these things are addressed in. So take poverty, for instance. Uh, you've got poverty, and, and uh, it's not just a lack of finances. No, poverty, you can have somebody who's secure in their finances, but they have a poverty of faith. You can have somebody who has more money than they know what to do with, but they, maybe they have a poverty of community. Jesus adds multi-dimension to every single one of these issues, and he attacks them in different ways. You start in Luke 4 with Jesus' first words where he is empowered by the Spirit. You end with Acts 1.8, Jesus' last words where he says, you are empowered in the Spirit, and everything in between there is the outgrowth of how you live out the Spirit of God in your life. We see it very practically in Jesus' word and in his life. He assisted the poor and the oppressed. Look at his life right here. In Matthew 5, he blessed the poor in spirit. In John 1, he walked alongside the oppressed. In Matthew 11, he preached good news to the poor. In Luke 22, he humbled himself as a servant. He also cared for the sick and sorrowful. Look at his life. In Matthew 25, he visited the sick and he clothed the poor. In Matthew 10, he showed mercy to the foreigner. In Luke 7, he comforted those who were grieved. In Matthew 10, he healed a man born blind. Transforms through reconciliation. Tag. <laughs> how does, how, hey, there we go. What does that look like? In John 7, he addresses through grace and truth a woman that's caught in adultery. In Mark chapter 4, he declares peace over a man who is spiritually broken. And in Matthew chapter 5, he calls us to love our enemies. In Matthew chapter 12, he, he says we're to love those who least expect it and least deserve it. What is this? The way that Jesus did it then is our commission now. Come on, this is what we need. We need some activists. You know what I'm saying? Come on, right now. Now, here's the thing that I love. There's something about Jesus, the way that he lived his life. The way that he looked at people, he seemed to sort of step outside of their social status, of their state of being, and and somehow clear away the cloud of invisibility and the cloak of untouchability and somehow just remove himself and remove people from these labels, these outside labels. That's that's exactly what I want. That, That compels me. Now, the thing I love about NCC is we come from so many different backgrounds, so many different church experiences. And, you know, I know a lot of us probably walk in here with a little bit of a limp. How many some battle scars coming from some of your church experiences, the past, or Christianity? But here, um, and I hope this is a place where you can heal. But I'm going to get in your face just a little bit, all right? I'm going to just speak the truth right now. It just, this is a lie that we oftentimes hear. I said this a few years ago. It's our vision of the real, of the, of the ideal, that prevents us from loving the real. You ever been a part of ideal church? You ever seen a purple unicorn? Doesn't exist. 
There's no such thing as an ideal church. It's a real church. You can't love ideal people. You love real people. And that's what we're called into as we step into this environment. We challenge ourselves. Now, Pastor Joel said this. We are called to Jesus, but our assignment comes through the power and the authority that is given through Christ for us to act. Have you ever seen, okay, have you ever been on an assignment, like a work assignment or a school assignment, and, or you've seen this in somebody else? What do you say about that person who's just in the zone? That guy is on a mission, right? We're a church on a mission. We're people on a mission. Let me give you a couple of examples. Our Against Slavery and Exploitation group. Such a cool thing. What they want to do is they want to create short-term housing for uh, survivors. Why? Well, because they looked into it. They did an assessment, and what they discovered was there are none, zip, zilch beds for women who are coming out of sexual exploitation in D.C. They did a little research. There's very little in Virginia. Well, we're going to do something about it because that's what the church is about. So we're going to step into that. And so Amanda Baker, one of the leaders, goes to a, a, a trafficking task force subcommittee. And she's explaining to the committee NCC's vision to create short-term housing through NCCers. And about three-quarters of the way through, a very influential committee member gets up and goes, you're insane. Do you realize that if, if you and your church can pull this off, this is unprecedented. This has never be happened before. And if you can do this, this can be replicated. Can I just say right now that God is in the unprecedented business? That's what we're called into. That's how we step into it. And you know what? You guys are everywhere. A couple of years ago, I was coming back from, from uh, Egypt, and I'm walking onto the plane, and somebody goes, hey, Pastor Dave. That's an NCCer that's just come from South Sudan working in education. I land in Paris and I'm going up the escalator and out, down comes the escalator is Pastor Zemagistu from Ethiopia. I'm like, what is going on? I come back and, and there's a, I hear this story about a guy that works at the SEC building, which is right next to Ebenezer's Coffee House. He keeps kind of frequenting it and, and one day he just notices a book. He picks it up. He starts reading it. Pastor Mark's book. He says, this is amazing. I wonder if there's a church going where, where I live. And, and he looks it up and, hey, he's a mile away from Kingstown. He starts attending. And all of a sudden, he goes to Pastor Joshua and he explains that he is Jamaican and he has just purchased a property and he feels like the Lord has told him he needs to maybe start a school. And so he says, well, hey, let's just sit down and talk with Pastor Dave. So we sit down at Ebenezer's a couple of days later, and he tells me about it. I say, that's crazy. We got a short-term mission going to Jamaica in about 20 days. So he sends his brother down there. The, the team goes to the property, and they begin to pray around it. And we don't know what's going to happen, but that's just the way in which it works. There is no coincidence when it comes to the kingdom of God. It's all about providence. Amen? Amen. That's what we're about. Now let me talk about how we do this. How do we do this? At the back of, go ahead and flip out your standard, and you can pull this out at whatever location you're at right now. How do we go, how do we every NCCer to move towards on mission every day? How do we get this? Where, where are we going to go? I want to give you a little bit of framework. I want to walk us through this, because as we are empowered by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria, the ends of the earth, this is what it's going to look like, and I want us to just 
see this right now. Here's how it goes. Think of it like a funnel. Yearly, quarterly, monthly, weekly, daily. Yearly, quarterly, monthly, weekly, daily. Let me talk about the yearly for a second. We are called as a church to go to the ends of the earth, preaching the good news of the gospel. One of the ways that we do that is through our short-term missions. Now, here's the thing. We go as students, not saviors. We come alongside churches and organizations and partner with them. It's a church-to-church organic strategy, and there's power in that, let me tell you right now. And, and you know what? It's a little bit of a trick that we pull on you because honestly, it's not a seven to, day, seven to 10 day thing. What you end up doing is you begin walking roads with people for five or six months before as you plan and prepare and you begin to study the scriptures and the way in which Jesus understood and taught mission. And you begin to download that and then you go on mission. You get to bear witness to what God is doing around the world and it just blows your mind at what God is doing all around this world. And then what happens is you come back and you engage in your neighborhoods, your city, and your workplaces differently. It changes your life. 16 years old, first mission trip changed my life. So we absolutely believe in it. Jesus sent his disciples on short-term missions to preach, teach, and heal. Now, we recognize that sometimes it can help more than hurt. And so we're sensitive to that. That's why we do the church-to-church strategy. And so, hey, this is awesome. 2015, one of the things that we decided to do was we decided to free market our short-term missions. We wanted you to be a part of what God was doing in in the life of NCC, but we wanted to actually be a part of what God was doing in your life. And so more and more people started to just say, hey, we need to be here. There's a relationship with this church in this country. We need to be a part of it. And so next year, we're going to be sending 33 teams overseas. I want to challenge you right now, as you're thinking about this, as you're walking through, as I'm walking through, everybody through this. Can I just challenge you to pray this prayer? Holy Spirit, what are you convicting me with today? How do I need to be on mission? Maybe I need to go be a part of a mission team and go somewhere. Maybe I need to be part of the DC Homeless Challenge. I did this last year. And what is it? It's three days on the streets. Why would we do that? Well, because we want to understand how we can better serve our brothers and sisters who have fallen into homelessness for various reasons. And I tell you what, spending two hours begging for money, and not all homeless beg for money, but for two hours begging for money at the corner of Gallery Place, and only one person for the next probably three or 400 people that walked by me, only one person walked up to me, looked me in the eye, and said, hey, what's your name? How can I pray for you? I can't give you money, but here's a place where you can go get some food, 17th and K. Here's, here's a place, if, if you're looking for, for health care, here's a place where you can go get this. What if we had every NCCer equipped to be able to walk up to somebody and say, you know what, I might not have this, but here's a place that you can go get some help. I want to serve you. How can I pray for you? When we begin to look people in the eyes, maybe you need to go on the homeless challenge. Maybe you need to go to DR Congo, where we've gone for the last four years. Awesome. 
what God is continuing to do there. They, they got to see the before and now the after of a school, the, the, uh, the middle, the mango tree school. I was remembering that and, and what God is doing through that. And they're now seeing kids graduate out of that. You can come and be a part of that. I encourage you to check out one of our 33 missions this next year. Yearly. This is when we move towards quarterly. Now, one of the cool things about being a part of a location is we want to make sure that we are stepping in and being the hands and feet and care and compassion to our communities. And so next year in 2015, we're actually going to start a location-based A18 team at each of your locations. We're going to be forming teams. We're going to be doing needs assessment on what are the issues in your community. What are the, the biggest needs that are going on and how do we identify those and how do we mobilize ourselves to be better at responding to what's going on in our communities? And so you get to be a part of that. Things like Gainesville, Pastor Rob was telling me that this uh, Thanksgiving, they're gonna be doing a first responders Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving evening. Isn't that awesome? There's so many ideas out there that we haven't even thought of yet that are sitting there, I want to challenge you to think about it. God gives you an idea, contact your campus pastor. Let's be thinking about how we can engage. That's another way in which we can be involved. The next is our monthly. More opportunities. What our locations are going to be doing from now on is actually going to be prayerfully and financially supporting missionaries. So you're going to be hearing more at your location uh, from missionaries that have been called overseas and to bring the gospel wherever and whenever. And so next weekend, actually, you're going to be hearing from a missionary at your location, what God is doing in and through them. People like Jed and Janelle Schroy, who in 2007, NC Sears, God called them to South Africa to help eradicate poverty, extreme poverty. And this is so cool. What they did was they actually came up with a package, a plan for churches, and they equip business leaders in churches to go out and train uh, people within their community in microfinance and business development and training. And here's, here's what's so cool. They've had, they've had over 100 churches that have been a part of this. Over 3,000 people have gone through the microcredit training, and they're 15,000 dependents with a 92% rate of return. Isn't that awesome? These are the kind of missionaries that we feel called to pray for and to invest in financially. Another way that we do on a monthly basis is through our second Saturday, Serve. What began as an experiment, I think you're seeing Pastor Joel's son right now, Ezekiel. How awesome is it to see our kids engage in mission. And what began as just an experiment with one location now has begun at seven locations. Every single location has a second Saturday serve. And what is it? It's our simplest way for you to step in and to be involved on a local basis through second Saturday serve. And so what you do is we just show up and we identify any needs in a community and we say, hey, we need to rake this neighbor's lawn. Okay, you lead it. You show up. We introduce people to it, we mobilize, and we go and do it. What an awesome way to invite a friend who might not walk into a church. But maybe they'll come in, they'll, they'll engage, and they'll serve their community. So we're going to be putting together invite cards that you can hand out to your friends to connect them into a second Saturday serve. And maybe you 
need to be challenged to identify a need in your community. Do it. I hear a lot of criticizing. Let's criticize by creating. How about we step up into that? That's the monthly. Then we, uh, after that, we have the weekly, which is awesome because now we're moving in towards a deeper connect, connection into what discipleship is, the way, the character, and the mission of Jesus. And so we do this through our small group system. You're going to see this more and more, our racial reconciliation small group that I was a part of this past year. We're going to continue to do that. We've got to talk about the issue of race and how it is such a part of this city, such a part of the way in which the church can step up and become the beloved community. The divide, dividing walls of hostility can come down. We're going to be fighting for this. Things like girls group, which is uh, mentoring for at-risk, uh, at-risk youth. And we got our adopt-a-block that goes into under-resourced and, and underserved neighborhoods that you can go in and you can serve and be involved in. And finally, I just want to talk about the daily because this is what we're working our way down into. Places like Prachtwerk, our Berlin coffee house led by John and Steph Hassler, and it launched in February of this past year. And they have had over 200 events just in seven or eight months. This month alone in November, they've got 17 concerts on the books. Talk about a way in which they're stepping into the neighborhood and creating a space where community and faith cross paths. And finally, this, this is what we want to help you think about. Sociologists say that there are seven domains within every society. You see that on your, on your booklet. And so at the end of this series... What we want to do is we want to introduce you to people in each of those domains. So what we're going to do is we're going to do a TED-style weekend. We're going to have different speakers talk about things in, in different places. Shajina Arauza is going to be talking about education. She's a teacher. Kate Schmidgall is going to be talking about business. Dan Hampton's a surgeon. How is he on mission every day? He's going to be talking about that. Erica Simonette from art and culture, Melissa and Dan Cummins from Family Social Services, how they are involved in foster care and adoption. Joshua and Michelle Dubois to talk about government and justice. What does that look like? And Dave and Erica Baker are going to be talking about communications and media through creative storytelling. We want to help you think about that. What does this look like? So we're going to be talking about that. Listen to some of these exciting statistics of what is happening right now through a18. 28,000 persons served at Ebenezer's in the month of September alone. 1,250 have served on 90 short-term missions in the past five years. Over 100 at-risk youth are being mentored. 98 missionaries and organizations are financially supported. $1.8 million invested in missions this year. 28% of our budget goes to missions. A 1,000 people served through Second Saturday involved in over 150 ways to serve communities. On mission every day, whenever, wherever, it doesn't matter. We're going to go after it. I'll tell you what, an individual can't produce those statistics, but a collection of individuals who are sold out to the purposes and the mission and the kingdom of God can get it. That's called a church, and that's us. 
When we stand up and rise up, we cannot underestimate the impact that our contribution has. When you take availability and intentionality and you put those things together, it's spiritual gunfire. I love it. I'm telling you, this is true. We were, Pastor Dave and I were in Guatemala at the end of this summer. And uh, we're there about a month after one of our A18 teams was down there. And we're, we meet a boy on the street that had gone through one of the soccer camps that they had helped run. And he starts telling us testimony. And he's telling us about how God has changed his life and he's following Jesus and he's making different decisions and he's not getting in fights and he's doing the, and, and his, we, he took us to his family and we saw his, his tin roof house. And, and in the midst of all this, then he pulls up his shirt and underneath his shirt is a white shirt. On that shirt, there's about 10 or 12 signatures, Carolina and Amy and all these different things that all of a sudden it dawns on us. I know those people. <laughs> Literally on the sleeves of his shirt was the sweat of their brow was their stepping out in mission. Come on, somebody. And, and as they stepped into mission, listen, they went down there to run a camp, but they went down there and they walked in the spirit. And in a moment, they decided to bless this kid. But that blessing turned into the impetus to the catalyst for him stepping out and stepping in to change for his life. And Jesus got a hold of him. Praise God. Don't underestimate the impact that your contribution has. It's, you're not, it's not your job to save anybody. It's your job to seek and to serve and to go after, to cultivate a relationship with the Spirit of God. When you decide to follow Jesus, he will lead you to the poor, to the suffering, the broken. So our prayer, our prayer over this series is this. Lord, take us into your spirit. Spirit, break out. Break down our walls. Heaven, come down. We're going to sing those exact words here in just a moment. So at all our locations, I want to invite our worship teams to come. And we're going to prepare our hearts just to, just to go after the Spirit of God today. And we're going to do that here for the next couple of minutes. And right after that, as you leave today, you're going to get uh, this right here. And this has countless opportunities to engage in missions all over the place. Now, our message today, it's bigger than this right here. But how many of you know that to get to God's big vision, sometimes you got to take a small step. I love the way Martin Luther King Jr. said it. He said, you can't take the whole uh, staircase of faith at once. you got to take it one step at a time. What's that step? This right here, there are count, you know, in the past couple of months, we've talked about this idea that, that somebody else's miracle is on the other side of your obedience. Us stepping out towards God. Somebody's miracle is waiting right there. I think of our second Saturday serves. Do you know that every single location has second Saturday serve now? I love it. We're stepping out as a church to serve. Jump into one of those projects. I think about what we have coming up. Looking at the, the Future Dream Center. We just got our EISF uh, form return. We're waiting on one permit. We are on the cusp. We are looking. There are so many things in this booklet that you can step into. 33 different missions around the world. Take some time. Put yourself on the pages of this and just ask God, where are you leaning? Spirit of God, where are you drawing me? Where are you convicting me? But I'll push you in this way. I'll say this, that don't let good intention become your excuse for a lack of action. 
We're not going to be there today. We're going to step into the spirit. Will you join me in prayer? God, we thank you for the opportunity to live on mission. So many of us know when we step out in mission, our lives are changed forever. And you decided to to do this thing called co-mission. So Father, we pray that you would blow the lids off of our expectations, that you would give us new expectations like Abram looked into the stars at the sky. Father, we pray that we would not limit you to that place that is far off. We pray pray that we would not limit you to the place that is close by, but we pray today that our expectations would be sanctified, God, and that we would understand that you have called us out We are called in our neighborhood that we are walking coordinates wherever we go. Lord, you have a plan for those moments. Help us to understand that today. And Lord, more than anything, we pray for your strength to seek the spirit of God. Come today and fill us up to the brim so that we might do your work. We seek you out. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.